This podcast is proudly sponsored by Gyro Drilling. They provide world-class drilling solutions for all types of projects. They specialize in auger, air core, and RC drilling. Head to the team at Gyro Drilling for all your mining needs and see how they can help you with your upcoming project. Hello, I'm Ben Kostrich, and this is the Market Bull Podcast. As this podcast grows, every subscriber helps. From those of you who watch this on YouTube or to those that listen on Spotify and Apple, every follower helps. If you do this one favor and hit follow on whatever platform you find us on, I promise I will continue to look and find fascinating people across the world and bring their perspectives to you. Thank you and enjoy this episode. So hello, I'm Ben Kostrich and this is the Market Bull Podcast. Joining me in the studio today is Brad Velukas, the Managing Director of Oriman Limited, which is listed on the ASX under code AUN. Uh, many are familiar with it. It's a early stage exploration and mining company and yeah, it's first time for Brad on the show. So welcome, Brad. Ben, great to talk today and have a long conversation. Yeah, we are going to go through a fair bit. There's been a lot of activity, particularly to the back end of last year and, and now into, into 2024. But I want to get to know a little bit about your history in the mining scene. Uh, you know, this is uh, a new role. You've been predominantly operations and, and hands-on focused and now in a managing director position. What's your history in, in the mining world and how did it lead you to, to where you are now? Yeah, Ben, so 25 years mining one way or another. So University of New South Wales, so Sydney boy originally. Um, most of my early exposure was to, to coal mining. First mine I ever went underground was, was coal mining and you sort of think you'll end up there by the time you get to the end of uni, you know, 3D underground metals is, is mm. much more exciting. So I uh, went up to Queensland, worked as a contractor, um, bulk copper gold projects, large excavations, you know, I think uh, probably still the biggest I've worked at in, in my time. Came across the WA theoretically for a short bit of time and um, ended up sort of staying over here for, for 10 years, floated around some gold operations, um, Platonic, Lawlers, um, Gigi, um, and a little bit of nickel in that time as well. But, you know, Platonic, I think, had gone underground. It's a bit of a basket case, to be mm. honest. And, mm. You know, a little of that contracting background, simplifying things, this is what we need to do. So I actually got Platonic underground profitable. Like, I think, you know, a lot to do with that. Um, Gigi there when Peter Cook listed it like you know so when we get to sort of where Orem is you know some of that early exposure to corporate although I had nothing to do with the corporate side yeah, of it yeah, that's you, could what sort of, you could sort of see it from a distance and you know how much they paid for it and you know how much or how little involvement anybody externally to the business did it and then you know the sort of changes you made there at an operation and um, yeah so it was, it was good fun it's always something like to get the benefit from at some stage um, went off, worked overseas in, in Ireland for a while, um, again, just as a, as, as a contractor, so really working holiday, um, sedimentary link, lead zinc project outside of, uh, outside of Dublin, um, back to Australia and sort of got into the, the management side, so came back, um, ended up starting with a company called Mincor Resources, um, started up Red Ross, which was actually really satisfying because some of the IP going into there, changing mining methods was, um, result of what I'd done, a little oh, bit of really? contract time for Western oh, Mining with Ian Junk when he'd motivated Mincor to buy in. That was, you know, my IP about how we should change the mining methods from a little bit of exposure in Canberra previously. Um, so sort of walking into that, so did that as, as owner mining, uh, so as, as, um, as, the, as the owner, and then I eventually went back there and converted it back to owner mining mm. as well. So got rid of the contractor, went, um, went to owner mining there. So eight years on and off with, with Mincor. 
um, so start-up Red Ross involvement with all of those south Cal, uh, south um, south of Widgee operations there south of Cambalda. Um, started up Carnelly Hill, a lot of involvement in the start-up. We started McMahon, was there over the time and, and a few other things. Mm. So, um, so started on on site as an underground manager. Sort of finished at the end in in Perth in a sort of more technical business development role. Um, back to gold after that. Um, Focus Minerals went there. Sort of end of the GFC. Nickel was doing pretty pretty tough. It was time to to make a bit of a move. Um, went back to gold. Uh, you know we did pretty pretty well there for a while. Um, tough ore body though. Super mm. super low grade. And I guess you know eventually ran out of um, of, of meaningful things to mine um a couple other things and so ended up at northern star for for five years um perth based i guess ran the big part of the technical side of that business as manager of tech services so you know at that stage the guys had picked up most of the assets i guess we're really trying to make them make them work um so in terms of Shuffling around a little bit, I guess how those operations were mm. approached and, and how we treated them. Um, a lot of really good expertise in house already at Northern Star there in terms of, of mining and that contract background. Maybe um, sort of added some of that client mix in terms of where the hole should go and how we should be approaching things overall there. Um, and so yeah, great period of, of growth. Um, yeah, far. I mean that's an extensive career in all different facets of, of mining in Australia and, and globally. Uh, and then going more so, I mean. A lot of people are familiar with Northern Star as one of the, the leading, one of the biggest gold producers uh, and companies uh, around the world. And I think that, that name, yeah, everyone everyone recognises it. And then more so recently, well, 2020 was the year that it listed. Uh, and of course, you would have been introduced to, to Oroman uh, either through conversations or, or just, you know, what your time at Northern Star. But how did that journey start to unfold and take on that opportunity? So, so the origin of, of Oroman is actually from before Northern Star. So... We actually, with, with some other people, about five of us, we had a crack at buying a project in the US called Jarrett Canyon. Um, it was a 200,000-ounce producer. Um, Australian dollar was on parity with the US at that time. Gold price was about $1,000 an ounce, and it was just losing a little bit of money. But some super low-hanging fruit there and, and a great opportunity to, to improve. And we got very, very close with the administrator there, just sort of dotting eyes, crossing T's, and... Um, Eric Sprott sort of came in over the top and offered more than, than, uh, than we could, and, and, we, yeah. and we lost it. But we yeah. got so we got so so close. Um, so you know, had we done that, I never would have gone to Northern mm. Star and would have put the um, put different, the effort into different that different trajectory, different trajectory that, yeah. altogether. Um, with one of those guys, I guess I gave him a bit of a hand to pick up the assets at Mount Dimer while I was still at um, still at Northern Star, um, and I guess five years there it was time to, to move on and do something else. I guess the business had grown to such a point it had, it had changed a little bit, um, you know, for the better and the growth and everything's good, but so usually a bit more hands-on and mm. it's starting to, you know, get pulled apart. So um, opportunity to get back in and sort of really focus on something a little bit earlier stage was, was the opportunity. Um, the market seemed to be picking up and it was a good chance to try and take those those assets to, to market and list Oroman. Um so no different to sort of where we were at Jarrett Canyon to mm. some degree. We we're trying to build a, a mining company and a mining operation and that stayed with us um, right throughout everything we've done. There's, there's intent to turn Oramin into a, to a mining company. Um, we're not quite where we'd like to be yet, but still the aspiration hasn't changed and I think the opportunity is, is still there and, and we keep pushing forward to, to that. So I guess that was th- three years ago. Um, there was the assets at Mount Dimer and we sort of built up that Southern Cross portfolio 
and yes, a new exposure for me going through the IPO process, and all very, uh, all very good and rewarding in, in terms of education. Um, we, we got it out, um, you know, some some cracking individual results at at, um, at Mount Diamond didn't get there in terms of where we'd like to for expansion. Um, you know, brought in sandstone um, as a slightly nearer term development opportunity for um, pouring gold bars and I guess that's really mm. mostly where we are at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll shine a spotlight now on, on Oroman uh, just to paint the picture of you alluded to there, a mining exploration company and, and potentially in the future going towards the, the mining stage. But for those that are unfamiliar with, yeah, I guess, the company's mission and what it's focused on, you just mentioned a few things, but but what is Oroman uh, Limited? Um, so we, we are that advanced exploration. So we're not out there looking for greenfields activity. Um, the vision is to be a multi-asset producer. Right? That's that's where we are. Um, when we picked up sandstone, it's always something we expect to do in parallel with with Dimer. Um, yep. The last couple of years have been super tough for Gold Juniors, and I guess we were unable to support that. And then I talk about you know yep. we've made some changes to the portfolio during that time, but you know overall that hasn't that hasn't changed. We um, continue to work on how we progress sandstone to to development. Um, some clear targets we need to get out there and work on at the moment. We need to grow that. We're still open towards um, other projects at the same time, so long as it's it, it fits that, that that company mentality of you know multi-asset operations. Yeah, well, we'll pull on the thread of the, the Mount Dimmer uh, because that was the recent uh, because activity that happened late December and, and a little bit into this yep. year. And for those that are unfamiliar, that was, as you talked about, probably one of the, the starting foundations of Oroman. And as it's evolved and changed, these decisions are made at the, the board and the organisational level. So talk just a little bit about the diversification of that and really offsetting or selling that, that asset to Beacon Mining. Uh, and there's a few other, uh, I guess, involvements from mineral resources as well. Can you talk us a little bit about those uh, transactions? Yeah, so after picking up Sandstone, we had the assets of Southern Cross, we had the assets of Sandstone. As part of picking up Sandstone, we picked up Convertible Note. So as I touched on, the last couple of years for Gold Juniors has certainly been, been tough. Um, early last year, so we're going to try and push Dimer towards production. Um, a couple of very small high-grade resources there, Lightning and Golden Slipper Deposits. Um, so I said some great individual drilling results there. Um, technically from exploration, you know, we hit a lot of structures where we expected to, but in, in terms of looking for repeats, et cetera. Um, but we just didn't pick up the, the grade in a lot of those. Um, we did have a new discovery at T12, um, which came up okay, and I'm pretty sure Beacon will mine that now and, and make some good bucket, make some good money out of it. Um, but, yeah, so we, we were there and certainly there to still to do. So the market wouldn't support... Um, two operations taking, simultaneously. Yeah, trying yeah. to take Diamond to production carrying the convertible note in the meantime and trying to keep advancing sandstone. Yep. So effectively, we had to roll together the convertible note and the Mount Dimer. So we've divested Mount Dimer, the mining tenements themselves, to Beacon Minerals, um, and that's basically closed out or come close to closing out the convertible note. So we have a little bit left, but it's cash-backed at the moment, and that'll fall away in the very near, near future. Um, at the same time, we've got a decent exploration package around there. So we've done a deal with MinRes... Um, that's still in progress at the moment to um, to divest or we have sold selling the iron ore rights on those tenements. There's still some gold potential there, um, but Minres picked up the iron ore. There's the Carina iron ore mine there that's operated a couple of times over the years. It's hematite DSO. They've got railhead sort of to the south there. They've got a couple of other 
um, deposits up to the north and we've got sort of all the ground in and around that mm. and connecting those and um, and there's some reasonable potential there and Minres are quite keen to continue to advance that, that area. Um, we'll do the exploration on Minres' behalf so we'll sort of become sort of a management group out of that. We'll, we'll pick up a fee for doing that as well as obviously fees for selling the the iron ore rights mm. and there's mm. some other progress payments there and, and we pick up a dollar per tonne royalty at the end of it. Um, as well, and I should say from Mount Dimer, um, above 12,000 ounces, we also pick up 2% on any of the gold, so we're certainly still exposed to the upside yeah. there with um, with some success. So, yeah, so that sort of simplifies our portfolio a lot because I guess that was the other main area of, of focus. Um, earlier last year, we sold our Karamindi project, which is really sort of early stage and, and we hadn't done enough work on it um, between Kugadi and uh Kalgoorlie, a um, little bit of lithium potential down there. It's not too far from Mount Marion, although it sits off on a different granite. Um, and so Minres were pretty keen. They picked that up as well off us. Um, and now we've only really got the Mount Palmer project left in uh, in the Southern Cross. And, you know, I disclose in, in presentations that we're thinking about what our options mm. are there mm. now. And, and, yeah, so we're still, still thinking about what our options are. Yeah, no, the, when, when I was watching that all unfold, I was like, it's a... You, Again, when I was looking on the website, there was a lot of, of projects and, and packages. And, and I remember when I first reached out to you, you said that I'd come to come back to me in the new year because you were going through some discussions and then inevitably I did see it all unfold. And I was like, oh, that's a that's a reason behind it. So yeah. it really does focus uh, a lot of the attention on sandstone um, and some of the evolving, I guess, plans and operations that are, are happening there. So where is that project? And, uh, and, and even thinking out loud now, you know, uh, prioritising that must mean that you see quite a bit more value naturally for shareholders in the long term with that project. So can you talk to a little bit about why and why that is so exciting and where it is and what's unfolding there? Yeah, so it'll be great this year. So we'll get to attack sandstone effectively with a clean balance sheet and, and, and a very deliberate focus there and not distracted by anything else. Um, so sandstone, 946,000 ounces of overall resource, 881,000 ounces up in sandstone. Um, we think that area in general is just massively underdone. Um, we've got some legacy infrastructure there, the, the previous uh, 500,000 tonne per annum process plant, camp infrastructure in town, a um, little bit of tails capacity, left, roads, water, mm. um, all the good stuff you need to get going. So there's really a really good option there to restart. There's a good resource base. Um, reasonable amount of that resource base is, is underground, so I do want to add to the open pits there um, right now, but... Um, it's just you know it's just sort of asking for it to, yeah, sort, of, yeah. <laughs> to sort of be restarted like it's so it's it seems so far away in some respects but it's also so close because there's so much already there the existing resource base we've got the targets there sitting on the mining leases we've got a growing tenement footprint with mm. um, plenty of potential as well so it's just a matter of time and getting out and doing the amount of work that we would like to to do on that on that project so it's, it's trying to nail that open pit. I've got a target that I'm trying to hit in terms of a, a starting inventory for open pits mm. at, a, at a certain cash price. Um, and we're not quite there yet, but I think the potential is certainly on our, on our mining leases to, to hit that. And, you know, then we, then we sort of start to transform the company from that late stage exploration trying to fill a gap to, yeah, we really are into, into development and getting it up and going.
Yeah, you mentioned there about the, the history of the area and a lot of the infrastructure that already was set uh, and just needs a little bit to get up and going again. Do you have a bit of indication as to what was unfolding as to why some of that has gone on and then, I guess, been left and neglected? Because that's the other fascinating side of, you know, if it's timing and, and it just wasn't the right time yeah. for the previous owners and, and stuff like that. What's what's the history of that area? Yeah, so I, I don't even think it was necessarily just wasn't the right time for the, for the previous so yeah, maybe Middle Island just before us. But if I go back, so Troy Resources had it previously. Um, they put in the plant that's there now, and that's the the, the mining leases that we have were theirs. Um, you know, gold price. Uh, talking about where around, I was up at Gidgee just to the north. Um, mm. You know, we were mining gold price, three hundred bucks a, an ounce. Troy were down there, just really focused on 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 the oxide. Um, I think you know, exhausted some of that material that they that they knew about, not that there wasn't still plenty of other targets there to, to go and test. They were focused elsewhere as well, that project's um, in South America they were trying to trying to push along with, I think, just, you know, changing change mm. focus, change of intent, low gold price. Um, it sort of just, it, it wound up at that time. Didn't, yeah. didn't happen. Um, not unlike a bunch of projects around WA at that, that time, gold price was, gold price was tough. And so... Just, you know, even if the targets are there, people just didn't have the money to go out and keep exploring and keep mm. testing and, and sort of keep going. You sort of get into that hand-to-mouth situation where you don't have enough in front of you, so you start to not justify more exploration to, to keep it going, especially when you've got um, another project that you start to, that you start to focus Prioritize on. Prioritise and focus. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's been a couple of milling operations in, in Sandstone before that over the years, like it's like a lot of the goldfields... Um, you know, some, some of the tenements we have, we've got some old tails. Um, in fact, I think we've got two lots of old tailings now, one from old stamp battery, one from um, near one of the deposits called Wiramina. There's, there's sort of the old hospital hill. Mm. Um, there's a little old town site there. Um, so, yeah, there's been some previous mining history through there as well. So, it, look, it's a prospective region, but it's just massively underdone by modern, by modern standards. Yeah, um, you know, we've picked up tenements where... Um, just no soil sampling, you know, a little bit of soil sampling, but, you know, we've got a guy going back consistently through the old handwritten reports because the cheapest exploration you can do is the ones yeah, that's already, already been done. That's already been done, even if someone else hasn't done spent the time before. Um, but you, you've still got big portions just with no decent geochem in, in sandstone and, you know, no one deposits and good prospectivity. And, um, yeah, I just... Plenty, yeah. plenty of plenty of opportunity remaining, but, um, but also so close to the target that we need to to, to get it going. Yeah, it, it sounds like there's a, there's a fair bit of excitement in your voice as well about what's unfolding over the next twelve months and uh, sandstone. That there's a few areas of interest, but you've got a few other projects as well um, in the surrounding area, even throughout WA. So do you mind going through a little bit about what else is in because the entire ecosystem of of Arumen? Yeah, so. As, as I said, was you know we end up with the royalties and the iron ore exploration down to, to the south Mount Palmer. Um, we're looking at our options there now. The rest of it really is all around sandstone, and we're setting sandstone up as a hub and spoke operation. So um, the other two projects that we have is, is Johnson Range to the south um, and Birigrin to the north. So mm. Johnson Range is, is an asset we had when we listed. Um, to be honest, it was a bit of a stranded asset at the, at the time. Romilius had done a fair bit of work um, to the south of that at, at Marta. Um, uh, feeding into Edna May. Um, but it's just a bit further to the north. And so we've got 65,000 ounces up there at, at two and a half grams in resource. Um, just in the top 100 metres, we, we stopped the resource at 100 metres depth. 
Um, although it's still open below that, obviously. Stop it. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's there. We'll, we'll take that up to Sandstone. So there's about 240 kilometres of, of trucking, but on decent roads all the way. So it'll, it'll cost us close to half a gram to, to take that up there, which is no different to mining two and a half, hopefully closer to sort of three grams or from down there, be no mm. different to mining two or two and a half grams right next to the process plant yeah. at, um, at Sandstone. So that'll form part of our hub and spoke operation. Um, we've got a project up to the north at, uh, at Birigran, um, sort of just right on the south end of sort of that Gigi greenstone belt. Um, no resources up there, a lot of small-scale workings up there in the past, some very, very high grades. Um, if I could put something into sandstone, it'd be a little bit extra grade, just a little, mm -hmm. bit of, little bit of sugar on top to sweeten it up. So if we can uh, generate a couple of little high-grade resources up there, I'll, I'll be super happy out of that. Um, but, yeah, probably early early stage, but like I said, lots of old small mining up there and there's a little head frame up there and things like that. So yeah. we've got um, work to do to, to chase that up and, you know, we're actively always looking at what we can bring into that, that sandstone mix and um, get to that critical mass that we're trying to hit to uh, to start it up. So certainly Johnson Range forms part of that now. So trying to hit that, that start-up target, our, our Johnson Range assets are part of that. And it, over the next 12 months, as we talked about, have you got sort of a, a list of priorities that you're going... From the sounds of it, Sandstone is clearly the, the priority and there's probably some plans to, to get some exploration yeah, and, and, and we stuff put out, done. We put out last year what our drilling plans were at, at Sandstone. Um, uh, you know, we had a bit of distraction maybe at Mount Palmer with a large mm. lithium anomaly. Um, technically, was all good. Pathfinders still don't look too bad down there um, in terms of actual lithium results were, were, were disappointing. Um, so we've got the drilling plans out there. So we've got good targets sitting on the mining leases. Um, the guys that had it before us, Middle Island, you know, they had actually pretty good success there in, in terms of discovery. They found the Ridge, McIntyre, McLaren mm. deposits. Um, we've got some targets out there we think are, are just as good. Um, in terms of we've got uh, a, another banded iron unit sitting to the south of uh, of Shillington. Um, reasonable geochem signature on there, plenty of good results from prospectors and, and effectively untouched. We've got a um, banded iron that sits to the west of our two-mile deposit that looks just as good as the Shillington deposit. And so we've got 90,000 ounces in resource at Shillington um, and effectively untested. Um, and then we've got a, a controlling structure that runs through some of our better deposits and, and comes down to the south there in an area called Mount Klempt. Um, you know, anecdotally reported some, some super good results from a dozer push ex exercise over the top of that. Um, there's some really shallow drilling there and, and lots of smoke um, and no-one's had a fair crack at that. So that looks really, yeah. um, really interesting as yeah. well. And, and so keen to get into all of that. And if we can, you know, get one or two of those to come somewhere close to what we have at Shillington, the two mile for open pits, then I think we're, we're pretty much there in terms of what we need to... To, to move forward so you know all within the shadow of the the processing plant sort of all within sort of one to, to three kilometers mm. from that um on mining leases um it's a lot of good, good targets it's yeah. just sort of just sort of asking for it yeah no it does and uh, i mean i was going to allude to the point that you know when i was doing my research that the board and the management team um you know own 70 percent of the company which means there's a clear alignment with shareholder interests and, and values and that probably leads itself into the, the team that surround you and you know talking about the history that this was almost the second crack at getting a, a a group of projects together and taking it through those those stages i mean who's alongside you in this this team and 
as I said, there's going to be a, a realignment with which shareholders sort of value and trying to, to progress that next level. But who, who's joining and who's alongside you? Yeah, so um, so team is, is really important. And I think as an exploration company, you know, we stand apart a little bit like we actually have a group that can take it forward. We're not early stage explorers and, and not involved in, in running and developing companies. So, um, you know, to emphasise that, and I won't go through everybody, but mm. on the board level, so Sean Day is there with me on the board. So Sean was there as CFO at Northern Star basically for the same time that I was there as, as manager of tech services. Um, so a lot of overlap in terms of dealing with banks and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, so Sean's seen all that growth. Prior to that, he was involved in a company called Stretch Resources, which, again, had a massive amount of growth growth and multi-mine, and that was multi-commodity company. So, you know, a huge amount of good experience there in terms of building something substantial. Um, and then most of the guys we... The, sort of employer people have been involved with um, before, right? So my, um, my project manager for Sandstone um, was my was chief geo out at, uh, at Jundee and then South Cal Operations and spent some time up at the Tanami when I was normally supposed to mm. be general manager um, up there as well as doing the, the other stuff at Northern Star. Um, picked up my best resource geo out of, out of Northern Star. Um, got really good guy for, for permitting and so geo by background... Went back to environmental, um, worked for the department for a while in, in WA, came back out, came back out, worked for me at a company called ABM and, and now mm. works there. So awesome in terms of permitting. So one of the advantages of Sandstone, of course, we have all this infrastructure that still remains permanent. Yes. So, you know, he's literally driving up tomorrow to do the water testing and because we've got to keep doing all that. We've got the mm. existing tails dam, we've got to keep everything alive. Um, so we burn a little bit more than we'd like to if we were just straight exploration, but keeping all those things in good standing is, is it's really better valuable. In the long run. Yeah. Justin is Justin is awesome at, uh, at, at all of that. Um, really good overall exploration guy. He, you know, used to look after South South uh, South Cal, uh, our Southern Cross stuff, and mm. um, will really now take the lead on this work that we do with with Minres. Um, and in fact, is a long way why Minres are going to let us do the exploration on their behalf, etc. And pay so. A management fees because we do have that team and that capacity mm. in in house. Um, yeah, so pretty much everybody's someone that I've been involved with in the past, one way or another. Um, and you know, it's been good enough to put up with me generally in some form or another. And yeah, um, yeah everyone everyone's there to try and make something substantial out of out of the company. Yeah, it's an interesting point you said there about the the team not necessarily need to be reshuffled as the company grows because you see that across the board in, in a lot of companies as they hit certain milestones and then the almost there needs to be complete reshuffle because the people have never experienced that next stage of the, the mining life cycle. Uh, and it's that harsh reality check of, I'm actually not <laughs> ready to take this next project. And from the sounds of it, your team is, is fully equipped and has done this quite a lot throughout time as well. Yeah, so, I mean, so yes, ab absolutely. Mm. And I think, you know, you can go back through the projects that don't necessarily work. And I think... Um, you know, I used to keep a... I still have a list, right? And one-third of them, for whatever reason, I've actually seen the data and you're able to say, no, it won't work for this reason, mm. and it goes fails for that reason. Um, you know, one-third of them from public data, you can sort of see that... Uh, like, yeah, so so I think um, people try and carry things too, too far. Um, they're not willing to sort of give it up and, and almost accept that they're not <laughs> no, necessarily best suited for that. You position. know, there's, there's been some real consequences for that yeah. over, over time, unfortunately. Um so, yeah, I mean, look, um, you know, early early stage, I talk about platonic, basically sort of helping to fix up that um, mm. that underground 
and get that going at you know at Gidgee we restarted the or restarted to start the butcher bird portal side and, mm. and develop that. Um, but then you know from Mincor on, like so I started at Red Ross, restarted um, Carnelia Hill at Northern Star. Um, you know a lot of involvement starting up the Hermes Open Pits and, and Ramon Open Pits at, mm. at, at, at Jundee and and getting that going um, at. Um, Focus Minerals basically restarted the Tindles Underground, so it, it evolved into just a stoping operation when I got there and we restarted up the Countess Ore Body and the Empress Ore Body and got Perseverance cranking again and started up the Open Pits, Big Blow and um, and Dreadnought and, and, and Empress um, and there's some other things in there as well. But so a lot of, It's a lot decent of, resume. <laughs> a lot, yeah, yeah, for, my, for yeah. myself, like, there's a lot of fix-up. And even, even Northern Star, I, I yeah. went over and tried to drag Pogo for an operation that was due to shut... Um, you know, so when we picked it up, when we picked it up, it was a great deposit and an awesome ore body. But, um, you know, the previous operator, Sumitomo, were like literally shutting it. Like mm. That was where it was going. So to try and pick that up and restart it and um, try and drag it into the current century. Um, mm. So a huge, huge amount of restart or experience starting, yeah. restarting experience and, and fix-up experience there in, in, in my sort of background. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I look at Sandstone and... I, can see the similar, pretty, yeah. pretty comfortable that you know we have the capacity to take that forward. Yeah, well, uh, just before we, we mentioned a few people are part of the team, but I know a lot of people get fascinated with with the board members and, and who's yep. a part of the, the management team. So, do you want to go through a little bit about some of those some of those people, maybe by name, because I'm sure that some will instantly recognise them as well, and that's always a big tick of what yeah, people so, look for. So, on the board, um, so four person board, so um, Chairman Pistols who um, runs a business called Small Cap Corporate. So they provide a lot of back-end um, support to a range of ASX-listed companies um, and they, via a guy called Victor Go, is our COSEC and, um, and, and CFO and they do mm. a pretty good job. And Piers is um, awesome from an overall market perspective and governance and compliance and in terms of, you know, my first gig at, as... MD and where your skill sets are and where your background is. Pierce has been fantastic. Um, Sean Day is is I mentioned, and you know Sean's always big, big picture thinker mm. as well. Um, doesn't get, or you know, and it's good for me in terms of making sure I don't get too caught up in, yeah, in the small stuff and the, you know keep keep in mind what the overall picture was um, or is. Um, and then Daniel Rahaney, who's come onto the board, um, so towards the end of last year, and sort of mentioned board mm. management speak for seventeen um, percent. So Daniel's come on as very supportive, and, and his company, Seven Enterprises, is now a decent shareholder, and um, you know has been fantastically supportive as a market guy, um, but fantastically supportive through last year when we're getting rid of the con node and working out how we're going to mm. do it and, and how we approach all of that. So Daniel's been Daniel's been fantastic. Um, and then also, so management team, you know, the guys I talked about yes, already. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Mark Rowbottom. Um, so, Mark, a guy I picked up, or who really picked up the Mount Diamond assets, and I gave Mark a hand, and, and so we went through that listing process. Um, Mark and his time assisted uh, probably about 10 companies now, if you include ours. And, mm. and one other thing, so, you know, fantastic experience through there. Um, guys I, I mentioned, Simon, Justin, um, Shane, and... Um, Graham on the resource side and, and then really just Peter, um, who's our database guy um, and, and data guy. He does all our images and um, everything like that, which is fantastic versus having to go and outsource that and pay for it. 
Um, and you know, here's the guy that just continually trawls through data and mm. is the, like says the cheapest exploration we can ever do is the stuff that's already yep. been done and you know has never seen the light of day in digital form. Um, and Pete is someone I got involved. Um, who was actually involved then before I was. So ah, he spent, um, you know, two years before we'd even listed um, fixing up the data for all of our Southern Cross assets mm. um, and, and progressing that, and it was a huge amount of work to, to do. Yeah, and if I recall from the conversation we had uh, over the phone, you, you know, everyone's based in Perth in WA as well, which is very helpful from, you know, if something needs to happen, it's very, very you know, resolutions are found quite quickly. You don't have to worry about trying to slot in a time zone or anything like that, which is also quite beneficial from a, a structure and organisation point of view as well, I can imagine. Yeah, look, abs- absolutely. So, um, yeah, it means you'll get together on, a, on all the time, to- you know, all the time. We make sure we have a, a sort of group catch-up um, at least once a week as opposed to all individual bits and pieces. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, very, very helpful. And, you know, as we, we've talked about, it's it's at the moment predominantly focused on WA. Uh, I know that the company's always looking at, at opportunities around to, to add in or fold in and, you know, I'm not going to put words in your mouth there. But, of course, the I like to summarise a lot of these conversations with three key takeaways so that investors that have now put it in their, you know, potential trading watch list or whatever can now remember that these are potentially the three keys that the company's going to focus on for 2024 or the next 12 months. So if you could jot down those three, what would be the three key takeaways that we've talked about today? Yeah, so firstly, for anybody that's looked at us before, we've obviously got rid of the con note, we've got rid of the overhang, the balance sheet's now very, very clean, we've maintained all of our resources there, so uh, we're better and we're, we're, we're cheaper and any of the doubt before like, should be gone. Um, with that, though, we are, we're still super cheap, right? I think on an EV per ounce basis versus any of our peers, WA um, or locally more around that sandstone area, like I think we are a fantastic exposure for, for gold and anybody that's looking for long-term gold exposure where somebody's really going to take it forward and, and move it forward, like I think we're, good. we're mm. a really good option. And great you know, opportunities right now on the mining lease to, to increase that. We'll get out and we'll be drilling very soon. And so hopefully we add the news flow to that, that story and that exposure continues to grow. Um, and the third bit is, and, and we touched on just in terms of team, um, you know, we're not a group that needs to be reshuffled. Um, we're very focused on where we want to get to. We're not trying to build something to flog it off and hopefully we get the, the highest bidder at the time or whatever mm. it might be. Um, you know, we're definitely focused on trying to do all the things required to take it forward to production and development and ultimately, you know, it should be valued on what you're going to produce and I'm pretty confident that we're going to produce gold bars in the in the near term at sandstone and um yeah come along for that ride yeah i I think a lot of a lot of investors especially given the last couple years uh you know de-risking uh is is definitely an appetite and the the con note was definitely an overhanging uh complication and now you know as you can see through the the transaction that has been alleviated to some extent and there's clearly the intent to, to continue to dwindle that down and yeah, it sounds like it's been a very you know, transformative, if you throw that word around. Uh, it's really sort of realigning with the objectives of what you're trying to do. And for listeners and viewers that naturally have been a little bit interested by this story, I mean, where can they go to, to potentially, you know, follow the company and maybe engage with yourself and ask questions? As I know managing directors now are very comfortable with almost answering phone calls on the regular, but how can how can people follow and contact yourself and the company? Yeah, so first I'd say the website, oramin.com.au, so orum for gold, min for mining. 
um, and company details are there as well as the subscribe button and I'd encourage everyone to, to click on that and get on our distribution list. Um, we do, of course, have an account on Twitter. hasn't been as active as we'd like it to be. I expect that to sort of crank up this year when we've mm. got more on-ground activity going again. As I would hope uh, late March we're back out and, and drilling. We'll see how we go for, for time frame, but some good targets there, so all of that should come up. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn, we show up as, as well. But, um, yeah, look, Number one, I'd encourage people to, to click the subscribe button and, and stay informed that way. Yeah, it's uh, and again, it's listed on, on the ASX code AUN uh, and you can find all the recent investor presentations and all of that on the ASX. But no, I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak on the show today, Brad. There's a, a lot happening in 2024 and it's going to be a very exciting one. So wish yourself all of luck and, and look forward to, to seeing what unfolds. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um, as I said, it's been a bit of a reset and definitely moving forward now. Thanks for listening to the Markable podcast. Please remember that the topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, share and follow. You can follow the Markable on all our socials and keep up to date with global market insights.